welcome to Book Talk. This is your host, Anthony Moirore. At Book Talk, we get to have an author come and tell us about his book or her book. And today we have a guest with us who is Wessam Azaidani. And Wessam has written a book entitled Business Baroque, an Entrepreneur's Guide to Cashing In on Creativity. Welcome to the show, Wessam. Thank you. Thanks, Anthony. And um, just to make things easy, you can all, you're, you're welcome to call me Wes. Um, okay. So yeah, I'm, I'm Wes Zaydani, and it's, it's nice to meet you guys. Nice to meet everybody. Yeah, nice to meet you too. And uh, we are honored to have you on our show. And uh, it's, yeah. it's good that we are back here because we tried it and it couldn't go on video. So we are now on audio only. But uh, we'll still continue to share about your book and uh, we'll get to know about you. Maybe you can give us an introduction for someone who may not have had a chance to hear our short intro on a video. Yeah, no worries. It's always, I always like to talk about myself, Anthony. So this, yeah. is, this is okay with me. Okay. <laughs> so, so for me, it's, it's, it's uh, yeah, so I must say, Danny, I'm the nation's leading agile performance strategist. And what I do is I, I help um, using lean and agile thinking, I help um, B2B start, um, startup founders, particularly in the SaaS world, software as a service um, world, I help them uh, design, make, and sell uh, software and products. And I do it in a way where um, they can find where the problems are visible quickly and eliminate those problems without having to beg investors for money. Because a lot of people in the startup space, they, they, they are so reliant on investor money that um, it, it's not good because then they lose the freedom and, and independence that they're looking for. So that's what I do to help from a consultative point of view. Um, but from a done-for-you perspective, I, I, I also write um, winning advertising and copy that helps them sell uh, their, their products and services. So that's me. Um, and I've, and you know, the, one of the problems I've seen is that a lot of startup founders and entrepreneurs in general, um, you know, the, the, the most important thing for them is to get sales. And a lot of times they, uh, they have to, they feel like they have to spend a small fortune on paid advertising, but still lose money, or they have to, uh, you know, they're attracting all sorts of um, leads and customers but those are those people are not really interested in buying from them at all like i mentioned to you before like the example of um like you you're, you're interested in a girl and so um, she goes on a date with you you buy her dinner she eats the dinner she says thank you and then she just goes away that's that's a lot of the situation but that's a lot of the scenario um that, that a lot of uh startup founders are in and so mm -hmm. what i did was i wrote this book business baroque uh, there we go. Business Baroque Entrepreneur's Guide on Cashing In on Creativity. And, uh, you know, the link, I'll share it with you in the chat. And you could, uh, I, you, you, I've shared this before, but in, okay. in, in this chat. Yes. You, you can, you, this, this book sells for $30 in bookstores like Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Mm -hmm. But if you opt into my site, power, uh, www.powerpersuasion.net, mm -hmm. if you opt in there, you can get the book for free as a digital copy. So um, that and and that book tries to help solve that problem I I, I mentioned. Well, beautiful, and that's interesting. And, and and I'm glad to know that you're in the marketing field. 
Now, I, I have been fascinated yes. by the fact uh, of uh, this multinational that puts a lot of uh, energy and a lot of uh, capital into marketing and advertising. Uh, and I, I talk about it often, is called Coca-Cola. I see they put billions of money into marketing and advertising. Why is marketing and advertising yeah. so important? Well, I mean, marketing and advertising is important because because that's how you get customers. So mm -hmm. you can you like if you're if you're a doctor, mm -hmm. right? Um, if you're a doctor, you can't be a doctor if you don't have patients. Yeah. And so the way to bring patients in is through, is through marketing. Mm -hmm. If you're if you're Coca Cola and you want to and you want to sell uh, deliciously addictive drinks mm -hmm. to people, you can't do that. If, if people don't come in and, and buy the Coke, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, if you're, if you're, um, a, you know, a baker, uh, nobody cares about your bread and you won't be a baker until people come in and buy your bread. So, mm -hmm. so that's why marketing is so important. But, but the thing with Coca-Cola is, is, is I think a lot of people, and I'm assuming that people who might be listening to this podcast, they, some of the, you know, if they're, if they're interested in entrepreneurship, they're probably in the small to medium sized business category. Mm -hmm. The thing to be careful about with with looking at Coca-Cola is these huge brands like Coca-Cola, like uh, um, Nordstrom or anything else, these huge brands, mm -hmm. they they operate in a different reality than us. Mm -hmm. As a small as a startup founder or a small business owner, you don't have endless billions of dollars in investor money to spend. Yeah, you you um, you know. You don't. You're not playing politics with a board of directors, or trying to manage the perceptions of the Wall Street Journal, or you know, um, uh, trying to see okay, or uh, trying to manage the expectations of a media, mm -hmm. or, or trying to win awards, uh, at, um, at, you know, at you various ceremonies. As a small mm -hmm. business owner or even as a startup founder, your number one priority is to make sales. Mm -hmm. So the biggest problem that people do can do is try to look at what Coca-Cola does or any of these other huge brands do and say, okay, they do, they do advertising and marketing this way, so mm -hmm. I need to do the same thing. That's a fast way to getting broke, Anthony. Oh, and we don't, we don't want people to get broke. Mm -hmm. we, want, we want people to make money. So that's, yeah. that's something to keep in mind. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, sure. And you mentioned the fact that you are there to help uh, companies. I mean, like you mentioned, uh, young upcoming companies and uh, startups uh, deal with the problems. But yeah. uh, if in, in your presence, if we have you and we are, we are having an idea, how do you help someone come up with a, a unique profitable idea and uh, avoid the problems that we could be facing in the future. I mean, <laughs> or minimize on the problems because we can never eliminate problems. That's my perception. Uh, your perception is right. So there are two things. There are two uh -huh. things um, that you have to keep in mind when it comes to when it comes to cashing in on on um, creativity. And and that's and it's this. So first of all, just we have to keep. Yeah, we have to admit to ourselves that in order for an entrepreneur to be successful, they have to be creative a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, but 
uh, it's not uh, having a good idea isn't sufficient. You have to be able to implement it rapidly. Yeah. So how do you get to that point and, and do it in a way that minimizes problems, like you said? So really, there are two things that the, the business baroque system is, is built on. It's built on lean process improvement mm -hmm. and behavioral economics, behavioral science, so the psychology of how consumers think, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so first of all, you have to figure out what, what is creativity. Creativity is where you get one idea that's, and you get another unrelated idea and you bring them together in a way that hasn't been seen before mm -hmm. and that hopefully has some sort of benefit, a benefit that people are willing to pay for. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, a lot of times people think of art and things like that, and that's, that's fine. That's one, one thing you can do, a way to think about it. But we care about business because, mm -hmm. uh, um, you know, <laughs> we care about making sales. So, so for me, it's like, for example, you have this idea of, okay, what if you combine the concept of Amazon and groceries? Mm -hmm. Well, Amazon does groceries, but, 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 but also you have... If you combine the thing of like Amazon shipping and grocery shopping, you get Instacart, mm. for example. Mm -hmm. Instacart, that company that that you know that gets you uh, groceries. Um, I, like I could share some other examples of, of things like this because for me it's very important that folks um, that, that folks understand that you don't have to be some sort of crazy artist to cash in on creativity. So and another concept you have um, renting apartments. The concept of renting apartments. And you have the concept of hotels and the service of hotels and and uh, and this relatively short time frame commitment. So if you combine ho the concept of hotels and the concept of renting apartments or renting houses, you get Airbnb. That's how Airbnb was born. Yeah. Um, and so even 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 in, like you know, if you look at fiction, like you look at like okay, Lord of the Rings. People know Lord of the Rings, um, the, the book series by J.R.R. Tolkien. Mm -hmm. But then they think of like gritty historical fiction um uh and you combine it you get game of thrones you get, mm -hmm. get the game of thrones series the song of ice and fire which is that hit hbo show mm -hmm. so so it, this is the, so combining these ideas this is a concept that arthur um i think kostler he called conceptual blending okay. so it's like you take two concepts unrelated and you blend them together and uh, to come up with something new mm. so that's one piece um, and that's how you become creative. But I think to your point is, okay, how do you make sure that it's beneficial? How do mm -hmm. I make money out of that West? <laughs> and, and, and so that's the question. And that's why it's very important to have a methodology, a system in place where you could rapidly test mm -hmm. because you might come up with one aspect of conceptual blending and it might be a dud, it might fail hard. So yeah. you need to be able to test it quickly, validate it or invalidate it. And, and, and go on to the next um, case of conceptual blending. And you just keep doing that. And so, mm -hmm. uh, so understanding the behavioral economics is easy, but the implementation, um, I think that's what requires discipline. Mm. And, and so I, uh, you know, so yeah, that, that's, that's the thing. So a lot of people don't know, they don't know how to be creative. I mean, I talked to one entrepreneur, he thinks, you know, I get creative ideas. Well, one of them said, uh, you know, by doing drugs. And I'm like, okay, that's not <laughs> that's not necessarily a good long-term solution. Yeah. Another person, he said, I'll go to home, I'll go on the street to homeless people and I'll pitch them. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, that conversation, that that conversation with a homeless person, that that'll bring something. And it might, but but um, that just seems like a very hard way to go about it. I'm 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 teaching 
I've, what I'm teaching here is the lazy entrepreneur's way to cashing mm. in on creativity. Mm. And so if you just keep this idea of like conceptual blending and testing, you're, you're ahead of 90% of, of your competition. Yeah, and, and talking of creativity, and I like the title of your book, Business Baroque. Now, the thing is, uh, Baroque is not a common day word that everyone uses. Some of them uh, listeners no. could not have heard of B-A-R-O-Q-E. <laughs> now that's creative. Yes. Yeah, yes. It, it, because it's going to bring us uh, in, into, into things that we may not have experienced before. So tell us about how did you come up with this uh, title? Uh, yeah, I just wanted like, uh, for me, it's just like, uh, for me, I just wanted to show something that reflected my personality and just having some fun. And so, you know, Baroque, it's, it's, it's this art style from France during the time of the, the French kings and the Renaissance. And it was just very ornate and over the top. And just like, they were just like, so over the top and so rich that it kind of kind of feel like disgusting almost. So for me, it's like, okay, you know, hopefully with business baroque, um, people who, it'll help protect you from being broke. So going from broke to baroque. Uh -huh. <laughs> so that's kind of the idea. Oh, yeah. it's beautiful. That's creativity in the making. Now. Yeah. Uh, yes, that is an example of creativity. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That, I practice what I preach. And that's good. And. Uh, it's a matter of introducing some new things that people may not have had before or people may not uh, be used to on a daily basis. And uh, how do you think that uh, now these as a brand, we can make it famous? Some, so people start using Baruch on a daily basis, business Baruch. <laughs> in, in your, you are in the marketing. How do we make it uh, famous? Well, here, I mean, the thing is, it's like there's no silver bullet, right? So there's an element of chance here. Okay. Um, and so what I try to explain, what, what listen, the business Baroque is not for people who are looking for a silver bullet. If okay. you're looking, if you think this book is, is like a genie and this is a lamp and you're rubbing the book and a genie will come up and give you billions of dollars, you, mm -hmm. this is not the book for you. You need to go somewhere else. But if you're the type of entrepreneur or startup founder who knows that there's a lot of uncertainty out there mm -hmm. but who knows that they need they need to come up with and implement ideas faster than their, than their competition mm -hmm. um, because that's how you win right it's usually being first mm -hmm. in a lot of things and, and yeah. doing things quickly mm -hmm. um, then then that, that's where it comes in so it, it does not eliminate uncertainty but it gives you a roadmap where you can fail really fast so that you can succeed really fast and, mm. and that's really how folks in the startup space and the entrepreneurial world, that's how they succeed. They make a lot of mistakes. Everyone's gonna make mistakes. Mm. Um, uh, they may, but but the, the key is, is like, are you able to learn from it? And so um, the key about lean thinking is finding a way to learn exponentially because that gives you a skill set that is people can't replicate that. Mm -hmm. Your competition can't replicate that. Mm -hmm. if, you're, if you, if you are, 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 are in the um, cybersecurity space, you have a SaaS product that does cybersecurity, and I have a SaaS product that does cybersecurity, but you are better at conceptual blending and um, process improvement and testing, you will beat me. You will beat me if you, if you, if you, uh, apply, the, if you apply the system just because 
Um, you're, you're learning faster, you're learning more, and you're implementing more. Mm. And so you're able to make more money, which means that you'll be able to outspend me to acquire more customers. You'll be able to spend more money on ads, more money on building, uh, adding features to your product. And that's how I would go broke and mm -hmm. you would be broke. So mm -hmm. that's the idea. Yeah. And coming back to uh, starting a startup or a business and uh, wanting to avoid the mistakes or reducing the problems that could be facing us in the future. Uh, we usually do some surveys before. Okay, we also do during in the business as we move and as we progress in the business. But uh, what's your take on surveys? And are there flows or things that you could ask us to check out for? One of the biggest mistakes entrepreneurs, startup founders, business people of any stripe make is relying on surveys. Mm -hmm. Don't ask your customers to tell you what to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know that might sound shocking because they're like, well, the customer's always right. That's yeah. not true. The customer's not always right. I used to work, uh, I used to work in healthcare. I used to be a healthcare manager. Okay. Um, and, 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 you know, I, I worked with, um, uh, uh, you know, one of the people who was medical director, I won't mention his name, but very high level medical director, urologist, surgeon, you know, he does, he's a top guy to do prostate surgeries and bladder surgeries and, uh, you know, in, in, in the state. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he had a patient complaint. He had a patient complaint come up uh, and he was like telling the, one of the staff members, the customer is always right. Yeah. I was looking at him. I'm like, are you insane? Are you insane? Who is the surgeon here? <laughs> like, yeah, we want to make sure that we respect the, the patient and, and meet them at their health goals. But mm -hmm. the customer isn't going to tell you the best way to do surgery, right? If, mm -hmm. the, if, if the customer doesn't have, a prost doesn't have a prostate problem and they say, hey, I'm, I'm the customer. I'm always right. Uh, remove my prostate. Yeah. That's insane. So, so, okay. So we know it just, just from that one example, we know that the customer is always right. But still... Um, the important thing is we need to know about the customer pain points. We need to know that because we need to know about their problems so that yes. we can solve it. Mm -hmm. So what do you do? Yeah, and, and so people rely and say, okay, if I send a survey, they'll tell me what their problems are and they'll tell me what they want to see as a solution. But that's not a good way to go about it because just from a behavioral, back to behavioral psychology, a lot of times customers either lie or they, um, they don't know what they want. Mm -hmm. They know what they don't like. Um, but they don't know they don't know what they want mm. so um surveys surveys are useful to kind of learn from customers what they did before so um you know if if, if you're a software if, if you're a software company um that's in the like that's a a, a payment that does payment checkout okay. you might ask you might use a survey to say hey what what checkout uh, services have you used before and they can tell you and that's useful but mm -hmm. then to, if you come and to ask them in a survey hey what should I do what do you want me to do uh, if I did this would you buy from me um, that's not a good thing to ask so instead um, it's a lot better just to test how customers react to things mm -hmm. have conversations with customers to say what are their problems what are their pain points what do they hate because people are will be pretty open to with you about what they don't like Mm -hmm. But then when it comes to what to do, the solution space, then you, that's, that's when you start like um, just testing back mm -hmm. to this idea of testing and see, hey, 
you know, I made this minimal viable product. Can you play with it a little bit? And they'll play with it. And you see how they engage with it. You'll see if they want it or not, uh, um, et cetera. You know, I mean, even if just charge them a dollar, just say, mm -hmm. hey, I built this product. If you like it, it's, free, it's there for you for a dollar, even if it's worth a lot more. If they pay that dollar, then that's an indication that you, you're closer to you're close to the mark as far as giving them the solution that they really need. Mm. So that's 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 the way to do it. Um, but just relying on surveys uh, to ask them, hey, what you should do, that's not the best thing. Don't let customers um, steer your ship, like you're, or don't let customers drive. You're driving the car. You're taking them somewhere. Don't mm -hmm. give them the steering wheel and have them drive the car for you. They'll crash it in a tree and you'll all die. It makes sense. It makes sense. And now coming from yeah. the customer, coming back unto us and uh, we are having a startup or a business. And then I have a team. I have some employees. I have maybe some um, uh, uh, team members. I mean, those uh, fellow entrepreneur or someone that we are into partnership with, uh, how do you incorporate creativity and how do you maximize on the profits of the business or the startup? Yeah, so one of the things that's important is, is like, you have to, and this is gonna, you're gonna have to filter out who you bring into the team, right? Yeah. If you want a, a team that's really good at creativity and really good, you can teach them process improvement because it's not, it's this process improvement is not, for most people, it's not intuitive. Mm -hmm. so that's something that you can teach them. Yeah. But, but, but the other elements, um, the other elements are not necessarily uh, something that you can teach as much. So, for example, uh, looking at a case study of, uh, in the book, I talked about a case study of, of um, the creator of, of uh, uh, the creators of Beauty and the Beast, the, the Disney cartoon from the '90s. Mm -hmm. um, it made a lot of money, and I think it was one of the few that was um, in the running to win an award. It, it's a very good movie, and it even stands stands up now today. And like I said, it made it was very profitable as well. So, mm -hmm. um, and, and I think this this case study kind of will kind of show you what I mean because you want to hire for certain attributes, right? And it's not what you think. It's not like okay if they have a really good resume or if they came from a really good school or maybe mm -hmm. if they're really nice um, and agreeable. No, that's, I mean, these things might be good, but in terms of conceptual blending and the creativity, money-making creativity that we're talking about, that's not the thing. And if you rely on that, you're not going to get the results you're looking for. Mm -hmm. so, so if we look at like Glenn Keane, the, the lead animator for the Beast character in Beauty and the Beast, he, um, you know, I mean, it wasn't like he, the, the, the character that you see, the design that you see now was what he came up with initially. He had to work on it. Like he had to make some sketches. He had to use conceptual blending by like going to the zoo and looking at uh, old um, animal books of animals. And so like, uh, for, uh, and, and stories that told the story of Beauty and the Beast from a long time ago. So his first initial design was Beast with a human body and a pig's head <laughs> mm -hmm. and then he's like okay that's not really what we're looking for so he did more so he went to the zoo and he saw the buffalo and so he started like taking ideas from the buffalo like stuffed heads of buffalo he actually bought that in his office and just look at it mm -hmm. and just you know draw buffalo he'd look at the gorilla and the brow of the gorilla and so th then slowly um the 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 beast 
the design of the beast kind of came to fruition. Mm -hmm. And then, but then when they got to the last scene where the beast transforms into a, a human, um, which is a very key scene in the movie, um, he kind of hit a, he kind of hit a wall. He wasn't sure how to do it. And so his managers are like, oh, just, just, you know, just, just do it, just do whatever you're, you're, you're doing fine. Just, you know, and but he's like, no, no, this, I have, this isn't good enough. I, 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 we have to do better. Mm -hmm. So he went to France and went to a, a museum and, and was looking at certain statues and things like that. And it's like, Hey, you know, and, and said, look, he's going to, uh, took inspiration from these statues mm -hmm. and so started conceptual blending from these sculptures. And that's how he used, that was the, um, the inspiration they used for the transformation scene of the beast. And so you'll notice like in those drawings in the animation, there's a sculptural, almost like 3D quality, even though it's 2D. And that's because Keane would look at sculptures and would think of his drawings as sculptures, which most an like animators didn't do. Okay. But that's why he's probably one of the greatest and they're not. So, so, these, so, so in that example, you see a bunch of things. You see that he was very good at conceptual blending. Mm -hmm. Uh, but he was also very good at perseverance because you have to be perseverant. You have to have perseverance. You can't just give up and at the, at the, you know, you can't just be satisfied with the first iteration, yeah. the first thing that you come up with. You have to keep going and keep testing. Mm. And, um, you know, he just, he had, he had this idea of, of ambition that, that just like he wanted to be the best and, uh, and that ambition was what contributed to the perseverance as well. Mm -hmm. So when you hire staff members, that's one of the things you want to do. You want to get people who have those, um, those, those qualities. Because if you don't, yeah, you could still teach them some techniques. And I, you know, I talk about some techniques in the book. But really, those, those techniques are going to be built on a weak foundation. So you want to start mm -hmm. with strong foundation. So hire people with those with perseverance who already, who already end, you know, intuitively understand conceptual uh, uh, blending and who are ambitious who really want to be the best um, uh, uh, in their class okay. but if you want to do that you're going to have to pay you're going to have to pay them well and you can't pay them well if you have wasteful processes and you're not and you're not able to pivot mm -hmm. and change direction quickly so that's why it all ties in together the the process improvement and the creativity wonderful Beautiful. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would like us to hear from you uh, during your time of practice. What could be the best project that you've been in? Or maybe it's, uh, it's been given a, as a case study in your book. What, what is the best project that you've experienced? Well, you know, I'm, I, in the business field, it's, it's, it's a lot of things, um, you know, like in with a telecom company, just helping them um, just learn the lean system and eliminate waste. Like, you know, it, it, just as an example, in the past, um, one process, it took them 11 months to close, but after I walked them through um, a four-step problem-solving process, um, root cause analysis, things like that, that they closed it. And, and we created standard operating procedure out of that. We closed that gap to two months. And in mm -hmm. certain cases, it was zero month because of you know zero, zero amount of time because they found they didn't need to implement it. Mm -hmm. um, so so things like that where it's like you know you're not you're solving problems and you're making money without having to spend money or throw money and resources at things. Mm -hmm. So so I'm I'm really liking what I'm doing with 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 um, 
with, with a telecom team because they're open to improvement. Other organi- other teams are not, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's why the culture is so important and hiring the right kind of people that I just mentioned is so important because, you know, you, if, if you have the people with the wrong motivation, yeah. walking them through a process is not won't work because they won't want to engage and everybody mm-hmm. has to be engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I mean, I have we could talk about engagement but but really like you know you solve so much problems if you just set, set an example as a leader but also like you know be picky about who you hire yeah i think so many startup founders is like you know or they'll just they'll just hire anybody mm-hmm. like oh oh yeah oh 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 i i i pay you. you you don't need money i just need to pay you in rice okay you're hired <laughs> yeah. and you know so that's 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 something to keep in mind um but also, I'm also I'm using you know this concept of conceptual blending to write a horror novel, so so and that's something that I'm very excited about as well. Yeah, so that's the thing, you know, the techniques in business baroque they they apply. I wrote it for business people. I wrote it for entrepreneurs and startup founders. But really, the human brain is wired, same you know pretty much the same across the board. The human brain doesn't care that you're, you know, that that, that you that you're a SaaS startup founder or does, doesn't care that you're a grocer. It's, it's the same. Mm-hmm. And so if you know how to work with the human brain and work with the principles of behavioral economics, behavioral psychology, you can do a lot of different things like write a novel, like a horror novel. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, so, so yeah, so that's, that's why I think like, you know, yes, mm. learn these principles, learn these, learn these uh, techniques and you can do a lot with them above and beyond just um, business and, and money. Well, thank you very much, uh, Wes. We are very honored that you've given us this uh, guide, how to, and, and, and you say it's how startup leaders make twice the money in half the time. And those are the techniques that you've shared in your book. So for those of you who are hearing this, go get the book, Business Baroque by Wes Azaidani, uh, an entrepreneur's guide to cashing in on creativity. Yes, we thank you very much, Wes. And it's been such an honor. Thank you. you. It's been such an honor to have you on our podcast. Before you go, what would you yeah, like you us to remember? Yeah. What would you like us to remember? Yeah, what, I like, what I'd like you to remember is, is learn there's so much out there in terms of tactics, right? Now, mm-hmm. when people think of marketing, now they're noticing that, oh, Facebook isn't as profitable anymore because it's just so expensive. And so they're, they're thinking, oh, now we need to do YouTube and TikTok. And so there'll always be some sort of new thing out there. Mm-hmm. But, but those are tactics. Those are media. If you understand the principles um, of, of business, not just what I teach, but just in general principles. Um, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you understand the principles of behavioral economics, mm-hmm. how do consumers think? Um, and you know, I have an entire chapter in my book that talks about the, the principles of behavioral economics. It's, it's near, near the end of the book. We didn't get a chance to talk about it here, but, but these principles, know them, know them, because then you'll be able to know how your consumers think. And if you know how your consumers think, mm-hmm. you'll know how to extract profit from them. And also just learn learn how to solve problems, um, not jumping from solution to solution, but know what the root cause is, and, and and how to get to the root cause, and come up with a hypothesis and test from there. Mm-hmm. And so if you know these, these 
these these principles, you will be ahead. I'm not joking. 90% of your competition because they don't think like this because a they don't have the knowledge and b even if you gave them the knowledge, they won't have the discipline to implement it. Mm-hmm. But as long as you have a little bit of uh, you know a little bit of a willingness to think a little bit differently than everybody else, you will automatically be ahead. Um, so uh, and you know I mean if, if for me if you like I said like Anthony mentioned if you get the book you can get it from for free from my website. And, you know, when you opt into my site, I send daily emails that, that talk about, you know, different types of, of, of business problems and, and ways to think about solving them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, um, you, you know, it's like a daily free education. Yes, near the end, I might put a PS to sell something, but yeah. I'm not, it's not a hard pitch. It's not buy from me, buy from me, buy from me, buy from me, because that's annoying. Yeah. Um, so, but, but, you know, if you sign up to my, you'll, you'll, you sign up to my, opt into my site. You'll get a free free copy of the book, and you'll get daily education and marketing, and, and process improvement. Um, mm. You know, and it, so 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 what are you doing? Get on the site. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much, Wes. Uh, we are honored, and uh, thank you for sharing with us this uh, wonderful book. So go to for those who are listening, go to powerpersuasion.net and get the book free of charge, download it onto your smartphone or to your computer and get to use the techniques that Wes has shared with us. So thanks again, we are signing off. We've been having Wes on our show and I've been your host, Anthony Moirore, and we thank you very much for listening. Go share this with all your friends and relatives. Thank you very much and bye for now. Bye.